0: I know that I'm not going to be judged or condemned for having this trigger, right? Cuz it comes without my permission. So, right. I, you know, I don't need to feel any shame or any guilt for it. So, you know, just talking about it and sharing it with another person kind of diffuses it too.
1: It does. It kind of takes power out of it.
0: Right. And then, you know, we can just come to the conclusion that we're still okay. We had an outside invader come into our safe space, right? Right. And We just have to talk about it and then kick that invader out. Then we can move on. Right. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if there's any possible way to save your marriage or even if you want to? Is there just the tiniest glimmer of hope that you and your spouse can work it out, but you have no clue how or where to start?
1: Hello and welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. We're your hosts, Johnny and Emily Spiegelmeyer. Two formerly seriously broken people who have been called by God to share our story of redemption and the hope that lies within every story that's fully surrendered to God. And we have been where you are, my friends.
0: As a result of adultery fueled by pornography, the marriage vows we had exchanged as newlyweds were eventually shattered. However, we are here together to let you know that this devastation we experienced was actually a gift. On our show, we will be sharing the resources we found invaluable on our road to reconciliation and recovery. We'll tackle the topics of marriage, faith in God, infidelity, porn addiction, and recovery. We will also be taking questions from you, our awesome audience.
1: So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. We want you to know that your story matters and that there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus.
0: Marriage is redeemed.
1: Hearts renewed.
0: On Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows Podcast. We're really glad to be back with you this week. Emily and I just returned from a trip to Tucson where we went to participate in a funeral for one of our nephews who was tragically killed in a car accident recently. So we are back here In studio after a mad drive to Tucson and back in three days. And we're glad to be here with you again.
0: Yes. And even though that was a really heart wrenching event, we know that he is now with Jesus. Yes. And that's the best place to be. So we are really glad that he is now home with his Savior, but we will miss him. Yes. But on a brighter note, we actually acquired a new to us desk this week. And this is the desk now for us to record on where our knees can go underneath it all the way, which is awesome (laughs) because before we were using my sewing table and we were both having to sit kind of sideways because our knees wouldn't go underneath. So I'm yes. really, really excited to be able to sit face-to-face with comfort. And so, yay!
1: <laughs> yes, really excited about that. Emily picked this table up at one of our local thrift stores. She was doing some thrifting with her sister and found this table and sent a picture of it to me As was like, yes, this is the one we want. This is good. And the amazing thing, 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, you can't beat that with a stick. So we're going to get into our topic, but first we wanted to go ahead and read a really awesome review that came in this week. This one is from The Almost True Critic, and it's titled, This Podcast is Special. And it says, There are moments when it seems like a marriage is too far gone, and honestly, often it is, and the marriage is lost. But what does it look like when everything seems lost, and the couple continues to fight, have the honest conversations, and grow closer than ever? That is what this podcast is about. This is from people who lived out this story and believe healing is possible. They've seen it happen in their marriage, and they're inviting listeners in for an inside honest look and perspective of what it takes to save a marriage. It's special because they recovered from what seemed impossible, and they're here to help others do the same. Thank you so much to the Almost True Critic for that awesome review. You know what? It's exactly how we feel. about what we're doing here. We want to give that inside, honest look into our own marriage to give others hope for their own marriage to be able to survive something as tragic as infidelity.
1: Yes, and we're happy to be here to talk about it.
0: That leads us into our topic for today, which we alluded to last week, and it's about triggers. Triggers. So let me open us up with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for bringing us here again today. We are going to delve into a topic that causes a lot of pain and trauma again in the life of those who have lived out betrayal in their marriage. So Father, I pray that you would be with all of us as we talk about triggers, as we talk about these painful events in our lives, and we just ask that you would walk with us and walk with those who are experiencing this kind of pain, because you are the healer. And you give us hope and you give us the Holy Spirit to guide us through these difficult times. And we know that you love us and care for us. Thank you so much. We're grateful for everything that you do in our marriage. And we ask that you would be with those who are listening, that you would give them the hope that you can heal their marriage as well. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: So our topic today is triggers. What are they and how do they affect us? Triggers come without warning and without permission. Today, we're going to dissect the ways that we're triggered and how we should handle them so that they're not destructive, but an opportunity for healing, connection, and growth. And good heavens, do they ever stop?
0: Right. (laughs) Uh, The short answer is no. But we are going to go ahead and talk about the ways that we handle triggers because they still come up, don't they?
1: Yeah, and by facing them, they may not go away, but we can certainly abate the effects. Right of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and just give us a definition of triggers, honey?
1: So we have defined triggers as a person, place, thing, or situation that draws out an unexpected and intense response that takes one back emotionally to the point of first impact. So Emily, what do you think about whenever you think about triggers?
0: Well, when I hear the word trigger or triggers, it has a negative connotation to me. Um, I feel like that something is wrong or something is amiss. I feel like it's just a a way of saying that you are suddenly startled into a memory that you don't want to have.
1: Right. And it brings up these really intense feelings and makes you feel a little powerless because it can invade so quickly.
0: Yeah, suddenly. Almost like (laughs) what we talked about last week, that fractured reality where it's a sudden Violent event that causes a lot of trauma. Right. Triggers are sort of like mini fractures over and over again.
1: Okay. Right. That's
0: kind of the way I look at them. Triggers will take you back to a traumatic event instantly and suddenly. And all those emotions that you felt back then are flooding back in. And really, our brains can't distinguish between whether that was an old memory or a current event. And so we have the same exact response that we did the first time. We have to learn how to handle that because we don't want to have that trigger send us back to the beginning. After all the work that we've done, after all the healing that has occurred, we don't want triggers to come in and mess all that up. Yes. Right.
1: right. And so those responses can be emotional. You can have an emotional response. Uh, It may bring up tears. It might bring up anger. It might bring out a sense of kind of being lost, but can also bring like a physiological Mm -hmm. response where maybe there's a little bit of sweating. Maybe your heart starts to pound Mm -hmm. really quickly and there's really kind of no telling how your body's going to respond to any particular trigger situation at any given time.
0: Right. And some triggers can be worse than other triggers, right? Yes. And then there's also triggers that you have already had and worked through. And they can occur again, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't mean that that is one and done. You know, you can have the same trigger from something you see or something you hear or a place that you go or a person that you encounter. You can have that same trigger over and over again. But hopefully, as you deal with it in a healthy way, which we're going to talk about steps to doing that here in a few minutes. Right. You know, those triggers that reoccur aren't as severe and you can get through them quicker, and they don't leave as much of a lasting effect as right. it did the first time, right?
1: Right. Kind of a case in point is maybe the first time that trigger hits, it gets those really intense responses from you, whether it's emotionally, mentally, or physiologically. But then you work through them enough that possibly by that time, you can acknowledge it as a fact. Right. That, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of a thing. I remember that one, but it doesn't have a hold on me anymore.
0: And that's the point we want to get to, right? Yes,
1: absolutely. So, Emily, you mentioned triggers reoccurring. That makes me want to ask you, so what do your triggers look like?
0: Wow. So, you know, I have lots of different kinds of triggers, but I think most of the really hard ones are when I go someplace that I know was a place that you were with somebody else. Yes. So driving in a certain part of town. Or going through a town on our way to some other place. Right. And I know that you had met up with somebody in that town. Or actually, there's some triggers oftentimes. And this happened early on in our sexual experience after discovery. When we started to become uh, sexual again, there were lots of triggers at that point.
1: Right. And what were the nature of those triggers?
0: Well, one of the biggest things was about comparison. You know, I knew a lot of the details of what you had done with your acting out partners. So I was always wondering, did you do this with them? Did you do this with that woman? Yes. And I would start to compare myself and and wonder, does he think I'm as good as as she was?
1: Right. And these details came out through the disclosure process.
0: Yes. The details that I didn't witness firsthand, (laughs) but you told me all the details that I had asked you questions about. That's right. And so that was a helpful thing in many ways for our healing and our recovery. But it also was a very painful thing for me to have to know in situations where we were trying to be intimate. And I was being bombarded by visions, my own visions of what you might have been doing with these women based on what you had told me that you had done. Right. So, yeah, lots of triggers, um, So even things like if we watch a movie or go to a concert or go someplace where I see somebody that looks like one of your acting out partners, you know, that's a trigger for sure. And then I'm wondering if you're seeing that same person and feeling like she's recognizable as well to you or not. Yes, And you're wondering if I'm thinking, that you're thinking something. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And
1: it gets very circular and can easily, your mind can run away with this.
0: Yeah, it can. And, you know, speaking of movies, it seemed like almost every movie that we watched after Discovery and Disclosure was about people being unfaithful.
1: It seemed that there was always some adultery component in those movies.
0: Right. It was just like, maybe we just didn't notice it before, but now we're hyper aware of that kind of situation. So it was like, okay, I don't want to watch this movie. I don't want to watch any movies.
1: (laughs) You know, and you bring up a really good point. Before the reality of adultery invaded you through the discovery and disclosure, and it was a part of me you know but how easily did we watch those movies and just not really give the adultery component a second thought right now all of a sudden it's front and center we're both being triggered left and right she is watching the movies the adultery component comes up in the movie and now i'm in a panic because i don't know what she's thinking and right. now i'm trying to think about what she thinks i'm thinking and so even as we understand, each one of us are being triggered by this. Our minds are now running amok.
0: Right. And early on, that was very difficult. We would a lot of times just stop the movie and talk about it.
1: Right. I remember that.
0: And a lot of times it would just lead to a discussion that was very emotional and tears were involved, but there was a lot of comforting involved on Mm -hmm. your part. Yes. And it was something that we just, it's reality. It's going to be kind of in our face. We can be discerning and we can look at the descriptions of the movies and determine whether that's a movie that we want to watch now. But it also isn't as painful as it once was when we hear or see something that has to do with adultery or infidelity. Right. Well, so Johnny, what did triggers look like for you?
1: Triggers for me were like when I would drive back by places because again, I'm in my landscape truck and I'm you know, running a regular route and as my route takes me back to the neighborhoods where two of my acting out partners lived. And, you know, I have to go through these areas to be able to continue to do my work. But those triggers take me back into those situations. I personally didn't find myself wanting to be back in those situations with them. But knowing that you were connected to me through my location sharing and that I was in these areas, my mind was wondering, does she know I'm in this area? What is she thinking about? Because early on, we talked about my route and where I was going. And you understood that this route put me near one of my former acting out partners. And so that in itself would be triggering for you because I would be going into the areas where she wasn't there anymore.
0: Right. Right.
1: But it still put me in that area. And there was just always these wonderings about what was going on. You were wondering what I was thinking while I was in the area. And I'm wondering what you think I'm thinking. But the feelings that really came up for me most in my triggers took me back to the reality that I did those things. see, now that I'm recovering, I have confessed them. I've disclosed them to you. Forgiveness is at work within me. But the reality of my past is still true, right. and I, I will never be able to escape that. So the triggers take me, try to take me back and make me feel shame and guilt mm-hmm. as that old way of thinking tries to permeate my thought process, and I have to stop and rehearse my truths.
0: What are your truths?
1: My truths are a system of speaking affirmations into my life about things that are absolutely true. So truth number one. I did those things. Truth number two, I have not done those things since the day of disclosure. Truth number three is that I'm no longer that man. Truth number four, God has forgiven me. Truth number five, you have forgiven me. Mm -hmm. And truth number six is that I have forgiven myself. And then another truth is I don't want to act that way anymore. Another truth is I like the peace inside of my head, in my heart, Mm. and I never want to have my mind in chaos again. Those are all my truths, and there are times when I have to work through all of them in order to bring me back to a place where where my serenity is intact Mm. and that I can move on in a peaceful way internally inside. And the further I've gotten down the road, the easier that's gotten.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. So now we know what triggers look like, but how do we deal with triggers? We have four steps that we use to get through the process of dealing with triggers.
1: Yes. And step one is you got to face them head on. Don't try to avoid them. Right. It doesn't matter how hard you try to outthink them. You try to move your situations around so that you don't hit those triggering places. You're going to have triggers no matter what. Right. (laughs) Emily, I can't know at any given time what you might be thinking. So we might just be innocently driving someplace. Uh, Let's just say we might be going to church. Okay. And we'll drive by or we'll see somebody or anything can pop up. And now you're triggered.
0: Right. And that has happened on the way to church before.
1: Yes. Or now I'm triggered and now we need to talk about it.
0: Right. Unfortunately, they come without your permission. And step two is to mention the triggers speak them out loud to someone. We recommend your spouse, but if you can't do that at this time, at least tell a trusted friend or your coach or your counselor. We mention those triggers as soon as possible, don't we? Right. You know, there's sometimes there's situations where we're not able to talk about it immediately, but we do bring that up as soon as possible. Right. And we speak them out loud. Mm -hmm. You know, I say, Johnny, I was triggered when... Dot, 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 you know, or I am triggered. If yes. It's, if it's in the moment, if I have that uh, opportunity to say it right away, I can say, Johnny, this is triggering to me, or I'm being triggered by, and we can just talk about it right away. Right. Because if we hold it inside and don't talk about it, it can really haunt us for a long time. And so we're really proactive about mentioning whenever we're triggered or whenever we've been triggered so that we talk about it, bring it out into the open.
1: Right. I mean, a good case in point was we were just out of town Mm -hmm. and we were at a restaurant and we just walked in. We, We were having dinner with family. And so we're in this restaurant that's a bar and grill and... I was unaware walking into it, but it didn't take long before we realized that the waitstaff, uh, way too much skin going on.
0: Yeah, we were both very triggered by that.
1: Right. And we did not address it in real time. I think we attempted to, at the table, it kind of went wrong. I I said something that sort of left you feeling not validated, but we were able to go back later that evening and talk about it. Right. Triggers don't go away until you talk about them.
0: Just bring it out into the open. Don't hide it. Don't ignore it. Don't stuff it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Right. Mention it to somebody.
1: So then step three is to acknowledge the fact that that trigger is real. Right. So this is something that is usually done on the part of the other one not currently triggered. It can look like validating it by asking a question. How is this triggering to you? Or you could ask, how does it make you feel right now?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. And that starts a dialogue. You know, I know that I'm in a safe place with you to talk about it. I know that I'm not going to be judged or condemned for having this trigger, right? Because it comes without my permission. So I, you know, I don't need to feel any shame or any guilt for it. So, you know, just talking about it and sharing it with another person kind of diffuses it too.
1: It does. It kind of takes power out of it.
0: Right. And then, you know, we can just come to the conclusion that we're still okay. We had an outside invader come into our safe space, right? Right. And we just have to talk about it and then kick that invader out. Then we can move on.
1: Right. But sometimes in there, as I ask those clarifying questions of you, or you're asking the clarifying questions of me, it brings up something that may need to be apologized for. So that leads us to our next point.
0: Step four, apologize. If it's something not previously apologized for, right? Yes. Because that apology can go a long way to diffuse the emotions of the pain that's associated with a triggering event. Right. And we suggest the healing apology that we walked you through in episode 10. If you don't have that or don't know what that is, go back and listen and then send us an email at support at beyondbrokenvows.com, and we'll send a copy of that resource right out to you.
1: Ironically enough, it seems that that healing apology that we laid out back in episode ten actually covers most of these steps that we just talked about now, especially the point of validation.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Okay, now we're going to move into one of my favorite areas. Mm-hmm. I love this one because it has brought us so much healing, and this is the idea of redeeming the triggers. There was a terrible price that had to be paid for the things that were lost, stolen, or given away. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Emily?
0: Yes, sure. Redeeming the triggers. So, you know, God has redeemed our marriage, but within that, we have some things that we can also redeem or take back. You know, triggers aren't fun, but once you work through them, then there is sort of a choice to make. And to be able to not have those triggers anymore. I decided that I was going to take some things back that were stolen from me by you and your acting out partners. One of the examples that I can think of right now is roses.
1: Right. Red roses in particular. Yes. Uh, And the story behind this is the fact that with one of my acting out partners, I would buy red roses and give them to her. And... When this came out, it was one of the things that you found out through looking at my phone at the very beginning. Right. And you had asked me about it. Yes. And I lied. Yeah. And I said, no, I hadn't done that. And you, you know, you had put what you found on my phone, you know, right in front of me to show me that actually that's not true. You did purchase Red Roses for her and you lied about it. Right. That became something very painful for you.
0: Yes. Red roses mean love. Right. Right. And I, from that moment on, decided I didn't ever want you to get me red roses. I didn't want to ever like even have to see red roses. I was just so like anti-red rose from that day on. And because it had that attachment to someone else, who wasn't me, right?
1: That's correct. And
0: so I, you know, decided roses are like absolute no-go for me from then on. Well, as time went on and I went through some healing and we talked about a lot of things, I decided I don't want to be limited by something that you did in the past that wasn't for me. Right. I don't want to be trapped by that or put in a box of my own making, you know? So it's like... Why should I punish myself for something that you had done? So I decided I need to take that back. Right. I need to take back my love of flowers or roses, you know, and red roses in particular mean love. So I wanted to take that back. Right. And so the way that that happened was not planned. Right. (laughs) It was kind of a spur of the moment. It was. It was very
1: spontaneous. Yes.
0: And so you were actually getting a tattoo. Yes. And your tattoo had to do with how Christ redeemed you again this time from your secret life of sin, right right, and so we were at the tattoo parlor, and it was a long, long night, and I'm sitting there, just looking around the shop, and it came to this point where he didn't have an idea for a certain area on your arm to right. fill that in to finish off the picture right and I had been looking around, and I had seen this drawing his rendition of a of a red rose right. on the on the wall. And I just looked at you and said, I want you to put that rose on your arm. You did. <laughs> I think you were a little shocked. I, I
1: was a little shocked, but I knew instantly what that meant.
0: Yeah. I was taking back red roses.
1: Yes. And we you know, right there in the middle of the tattoo shop, we kinda had a little moment. Yeah. And uh where you looked at me Much the same way that you're looking at me now, a little bit of tear, I can see that your eyes are a little glossy, Mm -hmm. and you said that you want this, and so now that big red rose on the backside of my right arm is now referred to as Emily's sweet rose of redemption.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes, and I actually really like it being there. I like looking at it and... I don't really have those feelings about Red Roses anymore. I've kind of broken the mojo, right? Right, right. (laughs) I didn't let it control me. I took it back. And, you know, there's a lot of other instances where I did take things back, like wanting to go on cruises. We love cruising and we've been on lots of cruises together. It's one of our most favorite ways to vacation. And I didn't want to go on a cruise anymore. We won't go into that story today, but I came to a place where I decided, I love cruises and I'm not going to let someone else dictate to me what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And so, yes, there's a lot of things I took back and there's still more things that I probably do need to take back, but I don't know what they are. They'll come up, they'll pop up just like triggers, right?
1: Right. And these are going to be ongoing processes mm-hmm. that we actually now look forward to. There is pain in the process.
0: Yes, there is.
1: But as we walk through and acknowledge the pain, and we make a decision about what to do about that pain, then it loses all of its power. Mm. I dare say that out of all of the detailed work that the tattoo artist put onto my arm, the rose is your favorite part.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I love it.
1: Because he did some fantastic work.
0: Yes, he did. I wish y'all could see the tattoo on this man's arm. It is amazing, and I love it.
1: Well, I'm just going to add him. It was my brother Philippe. It's Second Coming tattoo in Fort Worth, Texas. There you go. And so we'll make sure that we drop that down into our show notes. Yes. And uh, you want to make a connection, and you're in Fort Worth, and you want to get some outstanding work by a godly man who just loves to put ink onto people. We can hook you up.
0: Okay. So now we're gonna, as we always do, look into what Scripture says about triggers.
1: So Scripture doesn't directly deal with triggers, but the ideas of how we deal with them or what they do to us are absolutely in the Bible. So we found uh, James 1, verses 2 through 4.
0: Yes, and I'm going to read it out of the New International Version because that's the one that we grew up on, right? Yes. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance... Finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's James 1, verses 2 through 4.
1: Yes, and so I'm going to read it out of the message version. And it reads this way Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely, let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way.
0: I love that version. Again, I just always go back to the message version because it just has a way of saying it that really exposes all the feelings, all the emotions of those verses.
1: Yes. So even though it doesn't directly deal with the term triggers, you can see the idea in there when it talks about the trials and challenges that come to us every day. This is the very nature of what triggers are. These things are just going to happen to us. And it tells us that we need to let them happen. We need to face them. And we need to let the work become complete in us. Because when we're tested and the heat really comes up, this verse tells us that our faith life is put out for everyone to see. So how do we respond in this? We can respond by retracting back into ourselves. Or we can respond in faith and face them.
0: Very good. So, to recap, the definition of triggers is a person, place, thing, or situation that draws out an unexpected and intense response and takes one back emotionally to the point of first impact. So, how do we deal with the triggers? First, don't try to avoid them. They're going to happen, they will come up at any time without your permission. Right. You can't avoid them. So, don't even try. Then, go ahead and mention them as soon as possible. Right. You know, mention it to your spouse, to your counselor, mention it to your coach or your friend, but speak them out loud. Get it out into the open. The other person can acknowledge the trigger and validate it and then apologize if it's something not previously apologized for. And of course, again, we suggest the healing apology that we have as a resource for you. And that's it, right, Johnny?
1: Right. That's it. It was a good discussion today. Yes, And I'm really glad that we could have this. And uh, we're really looking forward to our process as we continue to allow triggers to come into us and uh, we can process them and then we can move them aside and or redeem them so that they no longer have power over us and we can go on living the best life we can together.
0: Yeah, so would you just pray us out?
1: Absolutely. Father, thank you so much for giving us this time to be able to talk about things that come at us these triggers, they come at us without our permission, and sometimes they can come at us in a rapid-fire way. We just thank you that you are faithful to be with us as we turn to you for help, as we, in our faith, lean into you, that through the process of perseverance, that you use those to perfect us perfect us as much as we can be perfected in this world so that we're not lacking anything and our faith can be strong and our lives can be changed, that we can show and express love to others, that we can receive love from others and extend forgiveness and have forgiveness extended to us. Thank you, Lord, for walking with us today. We pray that you would be with each one who hears this message, that as they start talking about and dealing with their triggers, we pray, Father, that you would give them your mercy. As you extend your grace to them, as they talk it through, may they learn something new about each other. And in doing so, may they be blessed that the trigger has now been turned from something bad to something that they can redeem and carry on in a very powerful and positive way because, Lord, you make all things new. You make them new when we make the choice to trust you in faith. And we ask this all in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.
0: Amen. So before we go, we're going to give you a little bit of homework. We just want you to redeem your triggers. Yes. We know you're having them. Right. (laughs) Everybody does.
1: Identify them and go get them back. Yep. Remember, recovery is taking back that which was lost, stolen, or given away. Right. Drop us a line and let us know what triggers or trigger that you have redeemed. We love to hear your stories, and we're so grateful for everyone who has taken the time to write and tell us about what's happening in their lives.
0: Yes, we really enjoy that. And please send your specific prayer request to us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. So until next time,
1: Marriage is redeemed.
0: Hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways you can help us reach more people is to leave us a written review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear questions from you that we can answer in our midweek show. Just email us at support at Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.